Hot damn, everyone. I just finished the outline for this show, and I am so excited to tell you all about it. I pressed record immediately. Come on, y'all. Let's do this. I am fired up today, everybody. Welcome to the How to Buy a Home Show. This is the final installment of the How to Financially Prepare to Buy Your Home miniseries. It's just like the Star Wars movies. When you thought it was over, I went ahead and made another one. Hey, gang, I'm David Sedoni, the How to Buy a Home Guy, a realtor with EXP Realty here in Southern California. And in early 2019, after 13 years in the business, I quit the usual path of real estate agents to focus on a huge problem. See, nobody out there is willing to give you the expertise that you need to start planning for your first home. They don't want to talk to you unless you're like 30 days from buying. And I know what you're thinking. Well, damn, how do I get to 30 days from buying? Well, we're here to change all that. We're going to show you exactly how to do it with my epic mini-series that absolutely refuses to end. But I promise, today is it. It's it. This is final. Last, last installment. You know, till I think of something else. All right, I've listened to you guys out there. I've been watching the downloads and I see these financial planning episodes, even though they're the most recent ones, they're jumping way up in the amount of people who are downloading them. So I hear you. This is the stuff you want to know about. Cool, we're on it. Part seven today, and it will include one, a bit, well, actually step number 22, it's a big topic, the tax benefits of home ownership. Really important. We're also going to talk about, uh, we'll have a final topic today, step 23. I'll have a recap with some updates. And we're going to finish with a crazy story about a realtor and a conversation that I had with her. Whoo, hang on, you don't want to miss it. That's a doozy. All right, so let's get right into it. Step 22, the tax benefits of home ownership. The mortgage interest tax deduction, it's the greatest thing that Congress ever invented for middle-class home ownership except that they actually didn't invent it for just that. But that's the myth that is sustained to this day, so we're just going to run with it and say that Congress actually did something good. In 1913, when interest deductions started, Congress, they weren't thinking about homeowners at all. It was designed because most small businesses had a difficult time separating their home expenses and their business expenses, so this was a simpler way to allow all the interest to just be deductible for the business. Just let all interest be deductible. So why should you care about this history lesson? Well, number one, you should, dummy. How are you to avoid the pitfalls in the future if you do not study your past? For history repeats itself, and those that see the future coming based on the past repeating patterns will reap the rewards in the future. Okay, what the hell? Did I turn into Professor Sidoni? What's going on? Is this a college course? No, it's better than a college course because no one teaches you this stuff in school. But that's for another podcast. Here's why this matters to you. Congress made your interest deductible way before anyone was, was getting any home loans. It was mostly used for businesses, like I said, and occasionally then it started to creep in after 1913 into, into farms. As the country grew throughout the Roaring Twenties and the Depression and the World War II era, people started getting home loans and banks started front-loading the repayments of those loans. They front-loaded the mortgages with the interest. That means most of your payment was actually your interest at the beginning. And then they packed all the principal into the back. That way they knew they got all their interest up front. So too many people were now dependent on this interest deduction because of a large part of their payment. 
meaning too many people were too dependent on it before Congress actually figured out what the heck was going on and before they could take it away. And they realized if they took it away at that time during the World War II suburban blow up, that's when the, you know, the beginning of the greatest generation and the leave it to beaver suburb tracks and all that stuff and all the track homes. If they took it away then at that point, once they realized what it was actually doing, well, that would have stifled the American dream. So here's the way it works. When you buy a home loan, most of your first few years payments are all interest and you get a big fat write-off for that. You see, let's say you have a $2,000 payment. I don't know, something like $1,998. I am probably wrong on that, but I'm sticking with it. That's interest. And then it's two bucks that goes to your principal for the first couple of years, give or take. So are you lost here? Well, hang in there because usually when I sit down with first-time buyers and I explain this to them, I write this out on a piece of paper and I use a line chart and graphs and all that stuff. So this is your audio explanation only. Let's see how we do. We're going to use simple numbers to help this make sense to you. Let's say you pay $2,000 a month in mortgage. That's $24,000 a year. Are you with me so far? I hope so, because if you can't do that math, maybe you're renting for life. No, just kidding. I want everyone to buy a house. $2,000 a month, $24,000 a year. Now, as I stated, in those first few years, most of that twenty-four grand is going to be interest. So in the interest of keeping this simple, <laughs> see what I did there? I said interest of keeping it simple. Little play on words. Okay, let's just call it $24,000 annual interest. We'll just take the whole thing. Okay, let's say that's your interest. That means that $24,000 is your mortgage interest that you paid for the year, which is a deduction. Now, you don't get it dollar for dollar. You don't get a $24,000 write-off. If you did, damn, we'd all be living in big fat mansions. That would be totally insane. Okay, this is the way it works. And legally, I have to explain to you that you need to consult a CPA or an accountant to get the accurate numbers. But what I'm telling you is me just sending you some hearsay. Things that my clients have told me after they received this information from their CPAs after they bought their home, and all they needed to do was just once you buy your home, you take your loan document into the accountant, and they run the numbers for you. They've told me they get anywhere from 15 to 25% of the total interest as their write-off. So on 24000 the whole interest for the year, that's 3600 or $6,000. So that's the write-off that you get. Bam. 3600 4000 5000 6000 bucks. Now this is where I need you to pay attention. So maybe you might want to get your fingers on that little 15 second 30 second rewind button cuz you might have to catch this a couple times. Let's talk about how taxes work. When you get a job, you fill out a W4 form. Okay? If you're a W2 employee, the W2 is what you get at the end of the year telling you how much they took out. But when you started, you filled out a W4. That W-4 is a form that has the spot for you to fill out how many dependents that you wish to claim for your taxes. And that affects how much is withheld from your paycheck every month. Now, the, the way that you claim it is anywhere between zero and nine. Most people usually claim zero or one. So the government takes a lot of money. So you don't end up owing at the end of the year. So the IRS takes the amount out of your paycheck, depending on what you claim. And if you're, you know, don't have any dependents, if you're Working on your own, you're probably one of those people who claims zero or one. Now, what happens is the IRS takes that money out and they keep a record of it. It's like your own little personal account with the IRS. And then when you go and file your taxes in the spring of the following year, they look at how much you owe versus how much you've already paid into your own little personal ledger sheet. And the way that they take the money out is all those little acronyms on your paycheck. 
you know, the ones that take all the money out and it shrinks your check from the big number to the little number. So those little teeny abbreviations that make you cry every single month, they're like FICA, FWT, SWT, there's SS and OASID and LMNOP and I don't know, there's a bunch of them on there, but you know those guys, you hate them, we all do. So when you file the money that you put in versus the money that you owe, that will determine if you need to pay or if you get a refund. So over the year, if you've put enough money in because you claimed a, a low dependent, like a zero or a one, they're going to take a lot of money out and then you probably don't have to pay. If you get a refund right now, you could have changed your deductions last year. You could have gone and changed your W-4 form and you could have actually gotten that money up front each month. And so if you got, and again, I'll make it simple. So let's say that you got a $6,000 refund. You could have got $500 a month instead of getting that $6,000 in April, but you would have had to figure out exactly how many dependents you have to claim so that the IRS would take out less and then you get 500 extra dollars. Does that make sense? Listen, here's another example. Rather than getting a $2,400 refund in April, okay, let's do it small. $2,400 refund in April. Maybe you could have claimed two instead of zero. And then you could have gotten $200 not deducted by all those little acronyms from your paycheck each month. And then at tax time, they would go back and look at it and say, well, he should have put all this money in and then we would have given him a $2,400 refund, but he didn't. So net result, you owe zero. Does that make sense? Good. You with me? So a $2,400 refund at the end of the year, actually the spring of the next year, you can get that refund or you can figure out what to do with your dependents and change it so that they take out less from your paycheck and try to spread that $2,400 over 12 months. You're going to get your money early instead of waiting to tally up everything at the end of the year or actually tallying it up when you do your taxes in February, March. But trying to do that, as you can tell by me trying to explain it to you, it can be a little complex to figure out. And most people, they claim just as little as they can so they can get that big fat present of a refund. And a lot of people I know think of it as a bonus. They pay off some big debt with it or they go on a vacation. Not realizing it with a little planning, they could have gotten the money actually in chunks and they could have gained the interest themselves instead of letting Uncle Sam gain all the interest. So let's go back to our mortgage deduction. You're paying $2,000 a month in mortgage. Let's say for the sake of argument that all of it is interest because most of it is. $24,000 a year. You get 15 to 25% of that. That's a write-off that you're going to get. $3,600 to $6,000 a year. So using the same scenario as we did with the $2,400 a month story that I just told you, now we know we're going to get $3,600 or $600 a year, but the difference is we know that. Exactly. So what you can do is you can take your first mortgage statement into your accountant and that nerd is going to create an algorithm that will tell you exactly what to change your holding with deductions to. They're going to tell you exactly what number on your W-4 you need to change. If you're a zero, you need to change to a one. If you're by yourself and it's just you, they might say you're a zero, you should claim three. If you're a couple, they might have one of you go, say one of you is a one, they might go, you go to a three and you go from a zero to a two. Okay, you still with me? Now, why do you do that? Because what that does is 
the little acronyms, they take out less money based on how high your deductions are from zero to nine. You still with me? Okay, here's where the magic comes in. Once you do that, your paycheck gets bigger. Those little acronym buggers take out less, you get more, and your paycheck gets bigger. $3,600, what I say, 15% of that $24,000, if that's where your tax bracket fits, you could get an extra $300 a month. And if you're at the $6,000 or 25%, you could get an extra $500 a month more with no changes to what you owe when you file your taxes. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Name that movie. Good job. If you think you can't afford a house because your paycheck is too small, actually, thanks to the mortgage interest deduction, say it with me, mortgage interest tax deduction. If you think your paycheck is too small to buy a home, have no fear because when you stop renting and own a home, your paycheck actually gets bigger. And next year when the IRS says, whoa, hold on, chief. You changed your withholding dependence on your W-4, so now you owe us $6,000. No refund for you. You say to them, oh, yeah, about that? Bam! $6,000 tax write-off. Thank you, mortgage interest tax deduction. This is crucial to anybody buying a home. And I have tried to have this conversation with so many people, and it takes a little while, but if you understand the process and understand that the government takes your money ahead of time and then gives it back to you, they've been holding it for 12, 13, 14 months for you. They're getting the interest. You could have got that back just by figuring out how much they actually should take out of every single check. I've actually had this conversation before. David, we're renting for like $2,000 a month and we can like totally save the down payment, but all the homes we see a $2,000 a month payment, they're garbage. Okay, cool. I get that. You know, you can actually afford $2,600 a month with the mortgage interest tax deduction. What's a mortgage Pinterest fax instruction? Well, it's, it's a tax deduction that you can take monthly. You won't get burned at the end of the year because you get a big fatty write-off. Just get your money early in little small doses every month instead of getting a big refund check in April of next year. Wow, you sound like one of those accounter guys, like a GPA. I thought you were real estate's people. And then I punched that person right in the face. Obviously, that didn't happen. But take the goofy elements out of that conversation. And I have had that conversation literally. And I actually am using the word correctly, literally, over a hundred times. And in fact, people freak out and they get so excited because they realize not only were they going to stretch anyway above the $2,000 a month if they knew they were going to be putting money into their home, but now they've got an extra three, four, dollars $500 a month. So if you did not comprehend me, if you did not understand the words coming out of my mouth, number one, rewind. Go back and listen to it again. Number two, you can go to davidsedoni.com, scroll down to the bottom, shoot me an email. I've got a simple, easy to understand document that lays it out for you. It's real easy. It's what I actually hand to all of my first-time buyers when I go sit down and meet with them at coffee. And it's a great little document, and I'd love to give it to you through your ear holes, but that technology is not around yet. You have to grasp this concept. It's a must. This is your golden ticket, your secret spell of enchantment to unlock the door to hidden treasures, your magic mushrooms of enlightenment. All right, maybe not the last one, but seriously, this is a big deal. It's a key. It's the key to unlocking your financial power. 
the true secret to being able to afford a higher monthly payment on a home that you own, higher than the monthly payment you already pay on your rental. Yet, it won't affect your bottom line at all. It's your money. You can get it when you want. You can pay more on the first of the month than you're already paying right now, but you don't have to sacrifice anything else in your monthly expenses. Do you get that? I hope so. See why I was fired up for this today? This is how our podcast listener, uh, Simonette, Sim in New Orleans, that's how she got her home with her unicorn agent. And that's how she's not panicking about her monthly payment because she talked to me about this tax deduction. Okay, moving on. Let's go to step 23. Step 23 is balance. Why should you talk to a pro one, two, or three years out? Everyone says, dude, I'm not even close. I'm not even ready. Don't even think about it. Well, because what everyone does is they try to do it on their own, and there's a delicate balance between debt and savings. You're trying to figure out you want to pay off all your debt, but at the same time, you need to build up a savings account. Now, those are opposite things, money in, money out. See? So you can work your Dave Ramsey debt reduction, pay everything off, get super excited, and then have no money for a down payment. And now you're stuck in another lease for a year while you try to save money for your down. Unless you live every day with the crap that me and the lenders deal with, you're not going to be able to figure out how to go through this on your own. And that's not your fault. It's not your job. You know, unless you're dealing every day with debt to income ratios, seasoned and verified money versus new money or gift money, unless you're dealing with seller crediting closing costs as a potential for the buyer, but only being able to use in certain market conditions. See, all that stuff. You got to know where and how everything is happening. How the hell are you going to know? how much to pay off your debt versus how much you should be saving. And of course, I didn't even mention how doing all these things affects your credit score, which can affect your complete loan approval in monstrous ways. So this is all a lot. And the entire reason I started this podcast is because at the time I started the podcast, I had 76 first-time buyers, and they all said the same thing. They said, I should have called you earlier. We never should have rented as long as we did. Look at all the money that we lost. So please, please do not say to yourself, if you're listening to this podcast, you're thinking about this. You are wanting a plan. So I'm telling you from the mistakes of others, folks who are very happy with their life now, but they realize that they could have done things better. Don't say, I'm going to wait till I'm in a better place, or I'm going to wait till I'm a little closer before I call a realtor. I know why you feel that way. Some of you, because you talk to realtors and realtors suck and they make you feel like crap and they make you feel like you're not even close, so what are you doing wasting my time? So screw them. We'll find you a unicorn realtor, someone who treats you with the respect and the value that you deserve, someone who's gonna save you tons of money. This is a balance game, and doing it on your own just doesn't work. So let me give you the roadmap metaphor, because I've made it up recently and I love it. Let's say you get in a car in LA and you wanna drive to Nashville, okay? Nashville's buying the house. I could get in my car and I could just start driving east. Eventually, I'd get to Nashville. I'd follow the signs and figure it out. But if you had a map or a GPS or Google Maps on your phone, then you'd get there in the most efficient way possible, saving time and money. So start today and start in LA with a map. Even if you don't think you're in a car yet in LA, I got news for you. Do you want to go to Nashville someday? I don't mean actually go to Nashville. I'm, I'm still in the metaphor, folks. Stay with me. I mean, do you actually want to buy a house? In this metaphor, LA is where you start. Nashville's the house. 
if you want to buy a home and you want to go to Nashville, I got news for you. As I said, you're already in the car and you're driving. How about that? You didn't even realize it. You're driving with no map, no GPS, no navigation system, no ways, no Google Maps. Hell, you don't even have a MapQuest printout. Remember that? Yeah. If you don't have a zip code, you can't get anywhere with a damn MapQuest. Might be too old for you. Anyway, just by listening to this podcast, you're in the car. You got your foot on the gas and you're driving, except you don't have a map. Sure, you're thinking, David, I'm just saving like 50 bucks a month. I'm not doing anything. Hey, the big thing about saving and most importantly, credit is the thing that you most need to set those things up is time, especially your credit. So get an expert who has a map. Use all that time. If you're here, you want to know how to buy a house. Otherwise, your ear holes will be filled with something else. But you're taking the time to listen to me right now. So you're in the car. And if anyone out there is saying, dude, I'm with you. My credit sucks. I don't want to get my credit pulled until I'm closer. I'm going to reach in your earbuds right now. I'm going to crawl through them and punch you right through your ear in your brain. You have to get an expert opinion early. And getting your credit pulled is absolutely no big deal, especially if you're like years out. A credit pull is like two or four points, two, three or four points. And if you're really a year or two away, there's plenty of time for that inquiry to be made up in incremental amounts. So don't let that be the reason because I hear that all the time and it drives me nuts. I'm going to do a whole nother podcast about credit sesame and credit karma and all those things and how they actually can be detrimental in helping you. Interesting. That's what we call a teaser in the business. Now, Simonette, I mentioned her in the last podcast. If you're new to the podcast, she just closed on her house in New Orleans yesterday with her unicorn agent. And she posted a beautiful picture of her badass new backyard. I mean, it's amazing. It's so beautiful. And she posted it with this caption. We're officially homeowners. This is our new view. I can't believe this actually happened. I didn't even know we could afford a home three months ago or what we could afford. She was driving without a map or how to go about finding a realtor or navigating the housing market. When I stumbled upon this great podcast, how to buy a home with David Sedoni. He's funny. She compliments me. And then she says, I immersed myself in the podcast and research, got my husband on board, and we went all in. Three months later, we've closed on our dream house. She was sitting in a car in Los Angeles. Not real. I'm back to the metaphor. No idea she even was going to start driving. Listen to the podcast. Boom. Got a map. Boom. She took the express bullet train and got to Nashville in three months. And her Instagram is SIM underscore art underscore NOLA. N-O-L-A, New Orleans, Louisiana. If you want to check her out, she's pretty cool. She wasn't even in the car yet, but once she got that map, there she is. So your mission today is reach out to me, let me know where you are, and let's get you a unicorn realtor. That magical, mystical, rare combination of experience, compassion, empathy, and an actual willingness to work with you years before you're ready to buy. I know it sounds magical, like a unicorn and mythical, but they do exist. I am the unicorn wrangler. Unicorn Nation is built. We have screened and we have tested and we have super rad agents out there who understand what you need. I even found one in Helena, Montana for one of our listeners. We are taking it deep, kids, and we're ready to serve. So far in 2019, we have four closed purchases. I've decided I'm not going to ring the bell anymore. So if you really want the bell back, go to davidsonoya.com. Send me an email if it bums you out. I tell you what, let's do this. If you want to vote on it, go to davidsedoni.com, go down, 
fill it out, send me an email. And just in the subject line, write uh, Team Bell or write Team Keep the Bell Retired. How about that? Anyway, four new ones. No bell. I'll just give them bams. Bam, 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 bam. Four new homeowners thanks to the podcast. We got Chris and Jacqueline in Denver. We got Nicole in Green Bay. Simonette and David in New Orleans. And I'm butchering her name. And she's been so nice to me. And Jason from Santa Clarita. And Jason just closed on a house. He actually asked me to do a podcast on what happens after the closing. For reals, dude, I have like 75 topics in my notebook for stuff to do before the closing. All right, I'm with you. I'll work on it, okay? So as of this, as of October 2019, we also have 37 planners out there. Listeners who are in the car in LA with a map. They got their unicorn hookup. There's too many of them to name them all, but shout outs to Abbas in ATL. We've talked about him before. Brianna in SoCal Inland Empire. We got Chelsea in Everett. They're in Houston. Charles in Central California. Crystal in Central Florida. Daniel in Philly. And oh, one of my new favorites, we've got Jordan, a single mom of two in Boca Raton. She thinks she's about two years out, but she finally knows this can be a reality. And we're having positive, positive conversation. She is my new hero. There's more than that, and I can go on and on, but this podcast is already getting long because I'm so fired up. Okay, there's more. We're going to do the final summary and final insights on this whole financial planning thing. And after that, I've got a story for you. It's about a realtor, and you won't believe the insanity. If you're still skeptical and you're still wondering if you need to reach out to me and start your plan today, why even listen to me, right? That's what you're thinking. Well, as I mentioned before in another podcast, I once heard a business guru say, I'm not an economic academic. I'm not smart. I'm just in a position as the entrepreneur and owner of this company that no one can fire me. If I was at a company and I was an employee and I said the stuff that I say, the company would say, no, 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 that's not how we do it. Don't say that. And then they might fire me for speaking the truth. Well, I listened to him say that and I thought to myself, well, you know, that's why I'm doing the podcast now. That's why I feel like I can. Because for me, I don't have a broker telling me that's not how you do it or broker trying to train me and tell me, don't waste your time on buyers. Buyers are liars and they'll suck your time. Go get a home to sell and then the buyers will just come to you like a Pied Piper. I don't have anyone telling me that because you know what? They don't care what I do as long as I produce and that's happening. I decided I don't want to answer to their backwards logic of success, that how many homes you sell makes you the king. I have loyal customers who appreciate what I offer, and I just got sick of seeing you guys, the first-time buyers, get screwed by the dinosaurs in our industry. The truth is, I came from working within real estate. So that's where I found that truth. Not because I'm so smart that I can see bad practices everywhere in all sorts of business, I'm just an insider who happened to be in this specific space. I noticed there were a large group of people out there. I've told you the stat, 1.76 million first-time buyers in 2018. And they're all losing this gigantic first step in their financial security. They're losing it because the industry is ignoring them. They're not doing it as soon as they could. They're ignoring them. They're ignoring you. I've seen this firsthand. I'm not someone who sat around contemplating what's wrong with the real estate industry, trying to figure it out and then capitalize on it. Truth is, I was getting sick of it. I was ready to quit unless I found some passion, some real purpose in what I was doing. I'm not globally academic about the macroeconomics. I've just been immersed in the microeconomics for 13 years, 
and I've seen what's going on and I found something that I'm passionate about. And through this microphone and your ear holes, I can tell you all about it and fix something while I'm serving the people here in my community. I'm the insider, the whistleblower, giving you the transparent, real facts. And you know why no one else is doing it? It's not because I'm smarter than everyone else in the industry. That's for dang sure. It's because it's not sexy. And I'm telling you this so that as you move forward, you keep this in mind. Just like when I talked to you a couple episodes ago about the obstacles that you're going to face and I want to prepare you for it, I want you to be prepared for the fact that this is not sexy. It's not going to feel like you got some big discount deal, all right? It's not sexy to get you to start your plan earlier and get you to stop renting sooner because it's not that easy to quantify. Look, if you listen to the podcast and you follow me and the plan that's been set by me and the 82 first-time buyers and all the other people I've referred and talked to and advised over the years, and let's say then you contact me and you get a unicorn realtor in your area and you get your guide to help you do this earlier, someone who can give you all the tools and the roadmaps in the years before you buy. If you do all that, when you're done, no one sends you a check for the $25,000 in rent that you save or 50000 or 75000 And you don't get a big check, one of those crazy publisher's clearinghouse checks, game show checks. You don't get a big check for your $6,000 write-off. No, you just go in and change it with your nerdy accountant, and then you get a few more dollars in your check every month. And no one gives you a check at the closing when you get your keys. They don't give you an advance check for the 3% appreciation that you're going to gain annually on the price of your home on average in North America because you decide to be a homeowner instead of a renter. You don't get a big check. No one throws you a party. You don't get the satisfaction that you get, you know, when you get a deal on Black Friday or Cyber Monday, that huge discount. You don't get the immediate gratification of the discount or the sale. You know, and hell, you even have to sacrifice to get there. So not only do you not get that instant gratification, but you've got to suffer on your way to this closing. It's not sexy, but newsflash gang, Neither am I anymore. Sexy don't matter to me. I'm done. Past it. What matters to me now? Mission. Purpose. Truth. Your financial wellness. Everyone's financial wellness. Getting the word out there. Letting people know their dreams aren't dreams. They could be reality. Okay, so that sounded all flowery and mushy at the end there. So let me smack you back down to reality. Here's some recaps of the sacrifices, the struggles, the changes, and the financial preparations that you should be doing so you can benefit in the long run. Nothing great comes easy. Know that. But also know this. You already make your largest payment each month to something that is not benefiting you in any way. Stop and think about that. Your largest bill could be transferred to a financial growth vehicle with just a little bit of savings. Go back and listen to episode nine to find out how little you actually need to buy a home. I break it down in 200,000, 300,000, 400,000. And you can still say pretty damn close to the, the mortgage payment as it is to your rent payment based on where we are with today's interest rates. The largest bill you pay each month could be transferred to the foundation of your financial freedom. That's not extra. That's not sacrifice. That's the payment you already make on the first of the month. Okay, got another metaphor for you. Told you I was fired up. Imagine you're looking to buy a new car. One car you could get for $4,000 down, and it would appreciate and deteriorate over time just like a regular car. Now, imagine there's another car, a new crazy magic car, one you could buy for $15,000 down. Now, 
Notice in this metaphor, the $4,000 I'm using for the first car, that's for a $2,000 rental place. $4,000 is your first and last deposit and your monthly rent's $2,000. For the magic car, I'm using $15,000, which is the down payment, just like a first and last. It's the down payment and the closing costs, $15,000 on a $300,000 home. You're getting it at a 3.5% loan. So 15 grand covers that 3.5% plus your closing costs at today's interest rates. And your payment on that is $2,000 a month. So the payment are both $2,000 a month. One's $4,000 down, one's $15,000 down. So you can buy that magic funky car for 15 grand. Now that's just 11,000 more than the regular car that you were already gonna buy. The one that you're familiar with, you know, the one that depreciates and deteriorates over time. The new magic car is magic because it retains its value. If you keep the car for 10 years, it will be worth no less than what you paid for it. In fact, probably more. And you also get a four or five or $6,000 a year tax write-off every single year for owning that car. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you get the math? For $11,000 more, the next time you're thinking about signing a lease, you could buy instead of rent. Now, of course, this is a general math scenario and you have to qualify for the loan. But look, if you're already paying $2,000 a month for rent, unless you're some crazy freak who makes three grand a month and spends two thirds of your money and your income on your rent and you eat top ramen and don't have any other bills, but you really want a dope ass crib, well, unless you're that guy or the gal, if you're paying $2,000 a month in rent, you can probably fix a few things, learn how to do the balance, talk to a pro and get approved to buy a home. It's an $11,000 difference than if you're putting down $4,000 as a first and last on a lease. Think about that. $11,000. If you can save $917 a month, you can be buying instead of renting in just one year. All right, over you could save $458.50 a month for two years, you could be buying in two years. So let's use those numbers as we go through the recap of the entire financial planning steps. We'll use those numbers. 917 a month. If you could save that, you can buy in a year. 458.50, six months. Now, I've mentioned to you before, these numbers are not going to be exact for everybody. And in fact, they won't even be exact to this equation the day that you buy a home because mortgage interest rates, they change multiple times in one day, let alone over months or years. But this today is this $15,000 at $2,000 a month for a $300,000 home. That's a general equation based on the interest rates were actually, I did it originally at 4.75. And the truth is interest rates today here in October, they're actually lower than that. But that's just based on that general equation. This is going to sound super scary when I talk at the beginning, because I'm going to say, save your money. And as step one, oh, sure, Dave, I'll save $917 in every single month for a year. No problem, dork. Look, I get it. It's going to sound impossible on the first few steps. Hang in there. We're going to go through all the steps, keeping this equation in mind. This will help you focus and see how clear and simple this can be. Number one, save your money. Automate it. Like I said, 2018, 1.76 million people bought their first home, but none of them started saving 30 days before they bought their house. They all started well before that. So get on it. You got to get that 3.5% down payment. So can you save $917 a month for a year or $458.50 a month for two years? Probably not but you can save some of that and lower those numbers. Step two, app it, budget in your pocket. 10 bucks here, 10 bucks there, using an app, 
helps you with your budget. And then that 917 and 45850 gets smaller. Step three was start an emergency fund because rainy days are going to happen. Well, that throws a wrench in my whole number of things. Damn. Well, regardless, you need to work on that too. Get the rainy day fund. Step four, credit. Check it, fix it, learn the tricks, grow your score. You need a good score so that you can qualify for the $2,000 a month payment. If your credit score is too low, you might need to save more than that 917 because your payment might be more than $2,000 and your down payment might have to be a little bit more. The whole thing can get a little funky. So the higher your score, the better interest rate you're going to get and the lower your payment. So work on your credit. And remember, credit takes the most time. If you do nothing today, if you ignore everything I said and don't get a unicorn, fine, get some credit started. Go back and listen to the credit episodes. But again, you could just reach out to me and I can get you in touch with the credit specialist and you can start doing it right away. Step five, change your interest rates on your credit cards that you have right now. And you can use step four to learn how to do that and learn how to work with your credit. Now, that could be another 100 or 200 bucks a month that you save that goes towards reducing 917 and 458.50. Step six, use money chunks wisely. Okay, birthday, Christmas, bonuses, a tax refund. Bam! You could pay off a month or two of your 917 or 458.50. And then you can roll the savings into the next month and have your next month already started. Use that to pay it off and you then use the little chunks to start in for the payments that you're going to make in two or three months. It's a Dave Ramsey technique, rolling it down the hill. Step seven, house hacks. Qualify for a big payment and then only pay half of it by using roommates to pay or you can get a duplex. Now, this is interesting. This would save you on your $2,000 a month payment, but what does that have to do with our, our savings number? I need to save $11,000, $917 a month or four fifty eight fifty a month for two years. Well, if you get a roommate and you're paying $2,000 a month and you split the payment, not only do you get to be the landlord, but you're also getting an extra $1,000 a month. So what if you took out a personal loan or you asked a family member for $11,000, took your loan approval, went and bought a house, collected $1,000 a month, you could pay that loan back in 11 months. A $1,000 payment for 11 months, it's done. Okay, step eight, harsh reality change jobs. 917 and 458.50 is not such a big number when you get a big fat paycheck. Step number nine was pick up a second job. See, you're going to get double the plus minus. The plus minus is you earn money on your normal days when you usually spend money. So you can take all that money, put it towards the 917 and the 458.50. See, now we're starting to knock it down a little bit. Step 10 was develop your side hustle. Same as the last one. It knocks it down. Step 11, sell your stuff. Look around. Do you have money in your garage or storage space or stuck in your closet? So let's say you're short one month, the 917 or the 458.50. Sell some of your junk. Step 12, reevaluate your transportation. Go green and save some green. Save away. Keep getting those numbers smaller. Number 13, careful on the big expenses. Now think about that. If you're trying to save $11,000 in a year or break it down $917 a month, do you want to spend $1,000 for a trip, a concert, a festival, a YOLO event one time during that year? Or do you want to take that year off and chill? Do you want to push back your calendar by a little bit? That's up to you. Your call. Step 14, watch and track the small expenses. It just takes a week or two of tracking. You track it and you'll be surprised. You know, 917 and 485.50 can be 832 
and $359 with just a few less lattes. Track those expenses. You'll be able to find ways to knock those numbers down. Step 15 was be a sugar daddy or a sugar mama. Live on one income. One of you pays the bills. The other one pays $917 and $458.50. Step 16, the 401k, the greatest way to diversify your money into what will likely be your largest investment. And if that sentence sounds like gobbledygook to you, go back and listen to episode 22. Wait a minute. The 401k? Maybe you have the whole $11,000 you need right now and you don't need to save $917 a month. Now, all you need is the last $4,000 and you're in. Wait, holy crap. You actually have the whole $15,000 right now. Now, keep in mind, the maximum that you can withdraw from your 401k or your retirement funds is usually 50% if you want to use it as a non-taxable event. And so what you're going to do is you're going to ask them to withdraw the money for what they call a primary residential purchase, which is their fancy words for buying a house. And you can usually take up to 50% or $50,000 depending on your money market. I highly recommend you go back and listen to episode 22. Get a real grasp on the entire picture of how using your 401k, your IRA, or your other retirement vehicle to buy your house, your largest financial investment, that it's just a simple diversification of your long-term financial goals. You're not taking away from your retirement. You're adding to it with the base being a home, which for most of us is going to be the largest piece of our estate as we move forward. Now, look, if you haven't got the 30K in there to get the $15,000, Here's an idea to help you get to that, to diversify, reduce your contributions for a while and save up until you've got $30,000, 50% of which is 15 in your savings account that you can use for the down payment. It's still planning for your future. If you reduce your contributions and stick it into a savings account, you're still putting it someplace where it's going to grow for you and your family and your money's not going to be thrown away on rent and you're going to be gaining appreciation, you're going to be gaining tax savings, that's going to be worth way more than you renting and contributing double into your 401k to get the 3 4 or 5% return that you're going to get on that. The money that you save in not throwing away in rent, the appreciation, the tax savings, that's going to be way more. Number 17, step 17, the IRAs and retirement funds, same thing as a 401k. Ditto. Listen to episode 22. That's how to financially prepare to buy a home, part four. Put it on repeat in your earbuds. Step 17 with student loans. Now, this matters in the 917 and 458.50 model because perhaps you can pay the minimums on your student loans and don't pay extra and still qualify for a loan. So that's where, again, we talk about the balance. Instead of paying off your student loans as quickly as you can with those extra payments, maybe you can put those extra payments towards your down payment savings account. So when you're finally ready to make the move, you have the money and it's not already spent inside your loan where you can't get it out. Step 19 was PMI. The one that affects your numbers, you know, might be a little higher is the way it might affect your 917 and 458 numbers, depending on how much your PMI is. Well, gee, David, how do I know that? How do I get my new number with the PMI? Well, don't drive without a map, dummy. Sorry, I didn't mean to call you dummy. I'm on your side. I'm just fired up. Lately, I've been saying that just paying down debt and saving on your own, it's the map metaphor. So don't just go east. Get a map. It shows exactly where you're going today and you get the answers on your PMI. Number 20, step 20 was grants and down payment assistance programs. Now, eventually, possibly, maybe these could affect your bottom line. Might be cheaper for you, but it also can affect your ability 
to get your offer accepted. They're a little tougher, and in a competitive market, they really put you down at the bottom of the pile. So be sure to go back and listen to that episode where we talk step 20 about the grants. It's a little bit of a pipe dream, especially when saving 3.5% is not a bunch of money in the long run. Step number 21, beg. Yep, maybe grandma's got 11 grand sitting in a coffee can. Ask your folks for your inheritance early. What, they're going to give it to you later? Give it to me now. Then I'll get a house for you to hang out with your grandkids. Do you want to come see the grandkids in a cramped apartment? Or do you want to hang out in the backyard with them and have a barbecue and have dad ruin everything by burning everything? Step number 22, tax benefits. Now, this one doesn't necessarily affect your 917 or your 458.50 savings each month, but it will affect how comfortable you are with your monthly payment once you make that purchase. And step 23, balance. How can you know the balance of what you need to do? Saving your cash versus paying your debt down. If you don't have a map, have I mentioned it yet? Get yourself a unicorn realtor. Why do you need a unicorn realtor? Let me tell you. Just the other day, I had, uh, for Jordan, my single mom friend, I called someone in Boca Raton to get her a unicorn agent. And this was someone who was referred to me by some other agents that I respect. And apparently she's a big agent in Boca Raton. I'm going to make fun of her and I don't give a damn. I also know she's never going to listen to this podcast. And if she were, I would have her call me back and say, I have a difference of opinion with you and I'm perfectly fine putting it out in the universe. She says to me, so uh, is this a lead that you just got from a podcast or like a referral from someone you know? That's how she talked, folks. I said, no, this is someone that listens to my podcast. We're trying to get them realtors that want to help them. You know, she's a couple years out. Two years? Nah, I'm not going to chase around a buyer for two years. Now, if you had someone selling a home, I'd talk to you about that. But I'm not chasing a buyer around for two years. Okay, thanks, lady. That, my friends, is the way the real estate industry sees first-time buyers. (sighs) Okay, if you're too stubborn to reach out now and get your unicorn from me, then damn, I got some other stuff for you to do. All right. Join the How to Buy a Home Facebook page, and there you got all kinds of more free information for you, as if the free podcast was not enough for you, and the invitation for you to call and get you a unicorn like the 37 other people and the four people who have closed. That's what we do. You can also follow me, David Sidoni, on Instagram. Lots of great tips there. It's How to Buy a Home on Facebook. It's David Sidoni on Instagram. It's David Sidoni on YouTube. Explore the website, davidsedoni.com. And for all you readers out there, this is interesting. The podcast is transcripted on the website at davidsedoni.com. If I went too fast or you're walking or running, just go to the website, click on the podcast, and you can get transcripts. There's also links to all the stuff that I talk about in the podcast. So you can go and find all the links to any of the financial advice or credit advice or loan advice or anything that you get. It's all right there. This information is for you, from your insider who got fed up with things. If you find it valuable at all, please help me out. Spread the word. I want to get this podcast out to as many people as we can. It was growing in my little time away, and now it's still growing. All you need to do is scroll down your app and press share. You can just text it to all your friends and go, hey, dumbass, listen to this. You should. Trust me. Get it out there. Someone, maybe not all your friends, but some of your friends might be thinking about this. Maybe they don't talk to you about it. Share it. And help me out, rate it, write a review. If you got anything out of this, I know there are a bunch of you out there listening to it because I see all the downloads and I see the people continuing to download over and over and over again. It can't be the same 45 people, all right? If you got anything out of it, take three minutes, write a review. By doing that, we go up in the charts and then more people get to see it. We can help other people with 
this mission, my passion project. Help me help other people. Let's fix what's broken. I want to spread the word to make more happy people, get more happy people to do all these totally unsexy, non-sexy things. Come on, y'all. Let's start a revolution. This starts with you. Are you in the car right now without a map? Come on, man. You can do this.